Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? We are just a couple minutes out from getting started on our realities of small college recruiting Twitter space. Uh, we've got one more coach that should be joining us here shortly. Once he gets going, we'll get rock and rolling right around 6 o'clock. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining in tonight to my Twitter space. My name is Zach Bishop. I'll be your host tonight. I am a recruiting advisor at SportsForce, former collegiate baseball coach for seven years, uh, currently serving as a a volunteer assistant coach at an NAI school called Columbia College in central Missouri. Uh, Fired up to have you guys on tonight. This is a, uh, a topic that I am pretty passionate about. Uh, have a lot of experience in, and then and we've got a good good panel of coaches that are joining us here tonight. Uh, one is a, a consultant of ours at SportsForce. Two are our coaches that I have a, a very strong connection with, uh, and am excited to have them on here with us um, again tonight. We are going to be discussing the realities of small college baseball uh, recruiting, uh, a topic that I think has has garnered a lot of interest and uh, in something that, like I mentioned, I am very passionate in. Um, not just because of the background and the time that I've spent working at the small college recruiting level, uh, but to mention on, you know, some of the, the tweets and things that we had leading up to this, you know, 
this is uh, a multitude of levels of college baseball that that uh, prevent or or offer a lot of options for for many student athletes and something that is overlooked uh, and a lot of good things that we're going to dive into tonight. But uh, want to start off by letting our coaches that are joining us tonight uh, go ahead and introduce themselves. Yeah, this is Chris Fletcher. I'm at Mobley Area Community College in Mobley, Missouri. Uh, Starting a program right from scratch. Uh, Our school has only ever had basketball, a really dominant basketball program. And now uh, in 2021, 2022, uh, rolling in with baseball, and we'll be uh, guys actually moving in less than 24 hours, and we'll kick off baseball there. But before I took this job, uh, which is also my hometown, I was at William Woods University, um, small private four-year school in Fulton, Missouri. And then before that, I spent a year at the Division II level at Truman State University. Uh, and then I've coached at various summer leagues that's involved guys from Power 5 schools to small schools on the East Coast, West Coast, and central part of the America. Kind of been all over the map, kind of like a gypsy. And now I've landed back in my hometown to kick off a, a junior college program. Thanks, Good Fletch. evening. Oh, sorry. Good evening, everyone. Happy uh, Happy Friday Eve, Zach. Thank you for having me on this one. Um, my name is Jesse Katz. I'm a consultant with Sports Force Baseball. Started uh, Started with them this summer. I'm really excited about the topic this evening. I've spent my entire college playing, coaching, and now administrative career at the small school level. So this is a topic that's uh, very important for me personally, but also I think it's very important for a lot of young recruits and, and parents of recruits to have because uh, there's a lot of unknown regarding the small school option. And, um, you know, hopefully tonight we can open some eyes and really inspire some, some recruits to consider taking a more serious look at small schools. Um, also, I know we do have some college coaches that are in our audience. If you are interested in learning more as to how sports force can help your program, um, feel free to DM me and, and let's connect. Um, that's been a big responsibility of mine is just trying to to grow our college coaches. So um, please feel free to send me a DM and let's connect. Thanks, Zach. Hey, everybody. My name is Jake Jordan. I am the head coach at Westminster College in Fulton, Missouri. Uh, we are a four-year liberal arts school and definitely on the smaller side. Um my previous history, I served uh, as the head assistant and pitching coach under Coach Bishop at Westminster the previous two years. Um, before that, I played and coached on the East Coast at a school in New Hampshire and a school at, in Vermont. Um, both were the same thing, kind of under a 1,000 students, very small schools, very uh, close-knit communities. It was kind of an environment I was able to thrive in. Uh, from a player's perspective and a coach's perspective. Um, and there's a lot of benefits I think kids can kind of see at the smaller level. But uh, thank you to Coach Bishop for having me tonight as well. Absolutely. Again, can't thank you guys enough for for jumping on. I know how busy of a time of year this is for you guys. Uh, but awesome to, to have some active college coaches on here for our listeners. Uh, we always talk about how there's no better no better source to hear this information from uh, than the guys who are you know out there on the field making the decisions. Just to dig a little bit deeper, I kind of went into it to introduce myself a little bit more, guys. Again, this is Zach Bishop. I am your host tonight. I am a current Sports Force advisor, um, 
Previously, I was a, a Division three head baseball coach for four years at Westminster College, like Coach Jordan just mentioned where he is at now. I uh, had the privilege of having Coach Jordan work underneath me for a couple of years. Before that, I played and coached at a school called Webster University, a Division three school in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I also played at the junior college level, and I'm now a volunteer assistant at the NAIA level. So I uh, have gotten to, to cover some ground in, in a lot of these small-level colleges. Uh, and, and again, I'm very passionate about this. I have now switched over uh, to the college recruiting advisor role throughout my time in coaching, uh, helping families really find the right fit and, and uh, seeing them reach their goals was something that always uh, instilled a lot of joy in me and has always been a passion of mine. Uh, so this was, was kind of a perfect role for me to transition into uh, and, and helping prospective athletes and their families find the right college fit. Uh, and that is, you know, a, a topic that we'll discuss a little bit more tonight, uh, but something that, I, you know, brings me great joy and, and one of the reasons how I found myself here. Uh, you know, I let our panelists introduce themselves already, but before we get going, you know, just to, to kind of provide a little bit of more information on SportsForce and what we do. Uh, at SportsForce, we have a team of over 30 former college coaches, players, and Major League Baseball scouts. Uh, our advisors are nationwide and have active and ongoing relationships with college coaching staffs across the country. At SportsForce, we personally guide a select number of families through the recruiting process to help maximize their opportunities. And ultimately, uh, again, like I mentioned, we're trying to help these, these families find the best college fit for their individual goals. Alongside with working with these families, our team at SportsForce is passionate about educating the masses. Uh, and that's you know, one of the reasons why well, we're putting on this Twitter space tonight and why we've put on a couple uh, you know, over the last couple months during the summertime. With that being said, I'd like to get into tonight's discussion that focuses on the realities of small college recruiting. Uh, we have introduced the coaches that are joining us already, so we're going to kind of jump right into this thing. Coaches, uh, I kind of want to start this discussion uh, by looking at something that, you know, we've all faced. Uh, we have all spent several years involved in a number of non-Division I programs, so I'd kind of like to kick it off uh, by starting a conversation um, looking, at, looking at maybe some of the misconceptions or ideas that we've ran into at our levels uh, at the small college level. Uh, you know, one of my biggest misconceptions that I think of is a lot of times when people talk about smaller colleges, uh, it gets termed as lower level baseball. Uh, but since we do, we each have some experience at a little bit of different levels. Uh, you know, I'm going to open this up to, to maybe Coach Fletcher to get us going here. But Coach, what are some common misconceptions or ideas around your level that you run into or hear about? Yeah, um, kind of to piggyback kind of what, what you just started off with there is uh, the, the level and style of play. You hear private, small four-year schools or even now at the junior college level, uh, the misconception of, well, if I go to a lower level, uh, the, it's lower competition. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I've spent time at the Division two level, at the NAI level, and the junior college level as a player and now a coach. And if I took the top four teams out of every one of those leagues – that I was in, the GLVC, the AMC, uh, Region 16, and we just went and played a tournament and played white versus gray, and it didn't have any labels on our jerseys, uh, you, you would not really be able to tell the difference of the competition level uh, on the field. The difference I think got down to was, was depth, but that, that's a whole other topic. But the misconception of if you play at the NEI level, you play at the Division three level, you play at the junior college level, it's going to be weaker competition. And that just could not be further from the truth. Uh, a couple of guys that I've coached in the past, 
that are some of the better players, whether it be on the mound or, or at the plate, have, have been from lower levels. Um, they just never got to crack at, at the top level, which that, that, that's like one in the lottery. It's, you know, it's few and far between spots. Um, another misconception around the level, now, now speaking of junior college, is, oh, I go junior college, and education-wise, it, it's not great. Um, I just spent a whole year really evaluating with faculty because we were building the program from scratch, and I, I saw more professors at the two-year level putting in, in work to, to better the student-athletes and the general population on campus. Uh, really challenged them to move them forward. And I thought, man, that, that's, that's crazy that you're getting this at the, the two-year level. You don't have to go to the four-year level and, and to observe good academics. So at the two-year level, that was a misconception of uh, it's, a, it's a place where you can go do your thing and not have to worry about academics. Uh, that, that was not accurate at all. Um, those are the two biggest ones I've seen uh, relatively close at both the four-year and the two-year now, uh, both places I've been. And they, they, they both have been equal to one another at, at both levels. That's awesome. Thank you, Coach. Uh, you know, kind of to, to piggyback on what you said there and, and maybe to bounce a, a question right back at you from your answer, with that misconception of, of you know, specifically the, the junior college or, or really any of the small level college uh, levels, do you think maybe that naiveness of talent level at the smaller colleges is simply because, you know, the student athlete or the family hasn't been able to, to go out and see a Division three game or see an NAI game? You know, they're, they're just simply watching, you know, ESPN and, and seeing the Power Five programs or the big, big Division one games. Or, or where do you think maybe that idea of uh, uh, or that stereotype is coming from? I'm not sure where it comes from, but that, that, that's probably the most accurate way uh, to describe, um, you know, that misconception of, of that level of play is, you know, I, ch- I challenge guys all the time when they're like, oh, well, that was, a, you know, speaking of my time at Woods, they're like, oh, that's NAI school. And I'm like, okay, well, well, why don't you go watch us on Thursday night and let me know if you think you can play with our starting nine or you can pitch in the, that rotation. Uh, kind of measure yourself up. Um, the, the, the same, I always make this analogy with it. I'm like, uh, you know, you go to your local golf course and, you know, shoot 10 over par and feel like you're a really good golfer and like, man, I don't know why I can't do this at a higher level. Uh, and then go to the range and watch a mid-level tour pro hit a golf ball and you're going to go, that, that, there's, there's the difference. I, I never got to go see that guy play. And I think that's the reason being is everybody has those high hopes and dreams of playing at the highest level, which is awesome. But in reality, man, there's good baseball all around. You just have to get out there and experience it. Um, and, I, and I think that's the, the issue is not a lot of people really want to get out there and, and go watch a, a Tuesday night game in, in whatever small town it is to see good level baseball. Um, you know, they want the, the big sights, the sounds of, of the big stadiums. And don't get me wrong, that stuff's awesome. Uh, but there's good baseball played at smaller schools and levels. I think to hop in here after uh, Coach Fletch, one of the things that we've seen with this stereotype of the talent level and disparity is recently in summer ball, I think we see a lot of small school kids kind of be able to use that as a spotlight or a a showcase where they can go up against kind of some D1, D2 guys throughout the summer. And I think our program, a lot of programs across the country have sent, sent uh, players to these summer ball programs and they've kind of been able to showcase uh, – the amount of talent at these smaller level schools. Um, 
the two main things that I had that come to misconceptions when we're talking about the smaller level, I had uh, not not every school, obviously, but you see more and more uh, an investment in facilities at the small level schools. Um, so it might not be every division three, it might not be every junior college. But if you take a look at the majority of schools nowadays, the schools are pushing for higher level facilities, whether it's a turf field, whether it's a new weight room um, and kind of piggybacking off of that we are able to provide gear packages and multiple uniform options, um, kind of things that come off as smaller um, potentially, but at the same time, we're able to afford that kind of big school feel. And I think a lot of the small schools are able to do the same thing. Um, and then another major misconception we see a lot is the time invested. Um, everybody assumes the smaller level schools, maybe the kids don't have as much time spent on the field, on the weight room, um, and I'm sure every single coach here can kind of attest that if anything, it's the opposite. A lot of times we see these kids putting in work outside of practice, outside of the lifting times. Um, and if you were to track that, I'm sure it would add up to be just like the D one, just like the D two programs as well. If I can hop in on this one too, um, <clears throat> you know, I think the, the big common misconception that I've heard quite a bit in my time is that all, all small schools are equal or all small schools are created equally. And they're all the, all the same. Um, you know, that there's not much difference between NAIA school in Missouri versus NAIA school in Kansas versus D2 school in, in North Dakota. Um, and I think that's far, far, far from the truth. Um, there are so many differences. And, and I think the important thing here for, for the recruits listening to is the uniqueness of these different schools. Um, you know, there's there's different niche things about each one of these small schools. You know, I'm sure Westminster and has has a has a niche in the schools that I've been at um, Bemidji State, Minot State, Culver Stockton, um, Kaiser University. We all had our it had our niches um, that made it unique and made it special. And and so the big misconception that I've heard quite a bit is just that, you know, that there's not much difference between these small schools, which which there that is that is far from the from the truth and the reality of it. Thanks, guys. Awesome answers there. Uh, as I touched on earlier tonight, you know, one of our biggest goals at Sports Force is to help families that we choose to work with find the right college fit based off of their individual goals. And throughout this conversation, you know, I think talking about finding the right fit is going to be something that comes up uh, quite a bit. So to kind of kick into that, uh, and I, I think I'll start with Coach Katz here. What do you think prospective athletes and their families should consider when looking for the right college fit? I know that's kind of broad, but uh, when you hear that, you know, what is what is something you think of? You know, you know, Zach, like I think that my last response kind of led in perfectly to this question. Um, the uniqueness of each school, like I think when you are evaluating, you know, five to ten different small schools, I think you have to look at what is the most comfortable fit for you. And that's a holistic package. It's not just the baseball. It's not just the academics. It's the location. It's um, is it a private school? Is it a public school? Is there a religious affiliation to the school? Um, level is obviously important. Um, I think one big thing that, that I looked at and that I look at as a, as a coach and an administrator is um, the how important does the administration and the school view athletics at this school? Um, I think that's a, that's a really, really key thing to, to that separates small schools is, is how, how important is athletics um, at reality is at small colleges 
70% or more of the students that go there are student athletes. Um, and so you really want to find a school that, that is committed to athletics. Um, and so I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of different variables that do go into that, into that answer. Um, but it's gotta be the best fit, right. For you comfortably, um, take baseball out of it and, and everything else that goes into it. Absolutely. And, and to, to kind of piggyback right off of what you said, you know, one thing I always talk about when I talk about finding that right fit is, as it's easy for student athletes to, to kind of only look at the baseball side of things. Right. And, and the way I kind of always term it is that you've got to try to check as many boxes as possible. You know, they're sure the baseball side is obviously a, a huge motivating factor. And one of the things that is, is going to be big in, in determining a decision, but you've got to check a box for, for multiple things. You've got to look for the best academic fit. You've got to look for the best athletic fit. You've got to find the best social fit. You know, do you want to be uh, in a little bitty town in the middle of nowhere? Do you want to be in a city? Would you even consider going to school there if baseball wasn't a part of the puzzle? Uh, does it make financial sense for you to attend that university? Uh, so, when finding the right fit, being sure that you're checking as many boxes as possible. Uh, and, and again, part of that is going to be kind of what you touched on there in terms of some of those unique niches are going to be reasons why a school might check your box uh, or, or be a reason why you wouldn't want to go there. Coach Fletcher, what about you? Uh, we could harp on all those things all night because I think uh... – 98% of coaches would agree on, on those, those features of what you're really looking for in school. One thing I, I always like to point out, and I say this in every recruiting chat with every kid that, that sits across from our desk uh, and, and talks to the recruiting is, man, you got to find the school you're really comfortable with. Your academics got to match up. Financially, uh, your family needs to, to be able to, to withstand that cost. All those things all obviously make sense. And I always end it with, man, you got to make sure – you're finding the right coaching staff you want to be around because when you get dropped off in August, you're, you're around that coaching staff and those players from August till May. You're living in the same dorms. You're at the same facility every day. Um, you're, you're, you're at the cafeteria together. So I try to relate it to everybody. Like, man, if it's a marriage and you only like each other, it's, it's not going to last very long, man. You got you to be invested in, and love it if you want it to, to withstand that because there's going to be peaks. There's valleys. And if you can find that right coaching fit, uh, that, that, that's where I think you really hit it on the head with, with recruiting because all the other ones have to line up as well. Like those, those are no brainers with if, if I'm an engineer major and XYZ university doesn't offer engineer, well, that, that, that's not a good degree for me. That's not a good place for me to go. Um, if there's a school and my family can only afford, you know, X amount of thousands of dollars and that one's, you know, 15,000 more than what our family can budget for, then that doesn't make sense financially. Uh, those things always check the boxes. So I always like to end it with, man, you got to make sure you find that right fit. And you got to start asking those coaches those questions. That's what we're here for. Like, um, what's your roster sh uh, like? Uh, like, whoa. how many guys in my position are you recruiting? What's the team culture like? Can I, let me come check a practice out. Let me, some, some places will allow you to stay the night uh, to spend time with their team. That's where I think you really get the most out of that. Um, and I think that's where guys, uh, when, when they're in that, involved in that recruiting process, they're checking those things out. Hey, this coaching staff feel comfortable in. They, they do a great job. His resume checks. His culture is great. And then I, I think that's where you find your home run. Now, does every school offer every little detail for you? If you're looking for that perfect fit where it's 100 out of 100, I think uh, that, that's a, de a delusional outlook. 
because um, not every school is going to offer that every little bit. But those big majority ones, you check those boxes, and that, I think that's where you find your home run as a student athlete. Some, it might be size of the school, size of the town, the location, um, you know, le- level of play. Uh, maybe finance isn't a problem. Not, and all those things, man, you pretty much have to go down a list and write out the pros and the cons of everything to make that. And I encourage every athlete, man, visit as many schools as you possibly can. You want to compare apples to apples, uh, make sure you're, you're, you're checking those schools. And I, I tell every recruit that sits down, I'm, I'm not trying to guide you away from MACC, but if you want this to be the right place for you, you need to go see what else is out there because uh, maybe the next school is, is your perfect fit and we're not. Or maybe you go to the next school and you think back and go, man, being a Greyhound is exactly what I want to be. That's where I want to be at for my next two years. That's where I want to get my college start. Great. And the only way you do that is you go out there and venture, you ask the questions, and make sure you find that right fit that you're going to be uh, satisfied with for nine months out of your year. I know uh, Coach Katz had used the word holistic, um, and especially at the Division three and small school level, that's something that you have to check all the boxes. And we talk about social, geographic, academic, um, like Coach Bishop mentioned, all the things outside of baseball. Um, coming off of what Coach Fletch said, the ability to go to a practice and see the way the staff is able to interact with kids kind of outside of the office. Um, when you're on here recruiting those visits, we're sitting down and kind of giving you a, a little bit of abbreviated sales pitch of our school. Um, I'm usually in a much different mood when our team's throwing the ball around or stuff like that during a practice. They can kind of give you a look what day-to-day looks like, how the coaching staff really interacts with the kids, and what that culture is kind of all about. Um, the other thing we talk about, and this is more baseball-specific, I'm going to steal a phrase that Coach Bishop used all the time, but we talk about window of opportunity. Um, you're only given a certain amount of time to uh, play baseball. You want to go somewhere theoretically where you can get on the field and build a career. You don't want to look back after three years and kind of wish you had done it over by going to a place where you could play or where you would at least have the opportunity to play, I would say. And uh, the, the phrase that Coach Bishop kind of coined is window of opportunity that we use when talking to recruits. Awesome answers, guys, uh, and and uh, just some good insight. Especially, really liked hearing Coach Fletch talk about. You know, obviously there is the the big boxes that have to be checked, but in terms of you know, part of that fit is going to be your individual relationship uh, with the coaching staff. And I know we've we've we're kind of in a general conversation right now about this small college and these small college levels, but as we kind of start to dive into a more recruiting specific talk you know, that should be a major part of the factor. You know, a lot of times uh, I think what draws a student athlete and their family to maybe choose a smaller school than maybe a, a mid-major Division One or, or some other schools that might be showing a little bit of interest is I think when you get to the nitty-gritty of the recruiting process, a lot of times uh, small college coaching staffs, you know, they are really going to emphasize trying to build that relationship with you through the recruiting process. Uh, now, get, make no mistake, every recruiting coordinator out there in the country is busting their butt no matter what level they're at. Uh, but sometimes for smaller coaches, I know at least for myself when I was at those levels, I felt like I really had to work hard to, to try to build that relationship and to make those individual athletes feel uh like they were going to have a strong connection with me when they showed up on campus because uh, every coach has probably said this and every one of you listeners has probably heard this, 
But until you show up to campus as a freshman, your first day of college baseball, you truly do not understand uh, how much time you are going to spend with that coaching staff and with those players that are around you. So making sure that that feels, uh, you know, Obviously, you want to go to a school that wins a lot. You want to get a great education. Uh, you want to be you know, in a, in a city or a town that matches what you're looking for. But you have got to find a coaching staff and a program that you feel comfortable in. Uh, we're seeing things like the transfer portal right now uh, with you know, more, more kids than you can imagine. Kids are bouncing and going to three or four schools within a four-year window. Uh, your goal should be to find a school and find a program that is not only going to invest in you, but that you're going to be able to invest right back into uh, and have just a, a fantastic four-year experience there. So uh, appreciate the insight there, guys. Uh, for the next, you know, kind of discussion, I'd like to dive a little more into the recruiting side of small college baseball. You know, I think it's definitely fair to say that the recruiting timeline has changed across the board over the past few years. Uh, it has happened earlier at the higher levels, and in general, the recruiting process has never been more competitive than it is today. Uh, this is probably going to vary a little bit, not only by your level, but just how you decide to run your program. But, you know, what I'll throw out there for you and, and I'll let Coach Jordan start this one. You know, what does the recruiting timeline look like at your level uh, or for your program specifically? We are uh, just kind of turning the page on the 23s now. Um, traditionally, returning back to the fall marks when we start recruiting our 23s. Um, I will say in terms of a timeline, we don't really have any restrictions. We actually just had a kid commit this last Monday when new student move-in is this coming Saturday. Um, I'm assuming he really put some stress on his parents there, kind of coming down to the wire like that. But like I said, we are not going to put a firm deadline on any kid. Um, we are not able to offer any athletic scholarships. And with that, like I said, we're never going to put a firm deadline on a kid. Um, if you choose to kind of decide that you want to play and come at Westminster, it's one of those things kind of until we have that player meeting, um, we are open to kids still coming in if they are a good fit. And traditionally speaking, we recruit um, for that one calendar year, meaning I am not very likely being a Division three school to reach out to too many 24s or 25s until the entire 23 class is completed. Um I don't know if that's kind of across the board, but that is just how we run things here at Westminster. Yeah, yeah. If I can, if I can second on that one, um, chime in real quick. Um, I, I would, I have, you know, nothing new to add to that. I think I would agree completely on that. I think the one thing that, and you said it, the the recruiting process has been has never been more competitive, and that's to say it's, it's the same for for the small levels colleges as well. It is so much more difficult now to find a spot at a competitive small four-year college than it used to be um and 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 a lot of the times what's happening is you're finding the the recruits that are chasing the d1 dream um you know i want to wait i want to wait and wait and wait until that d1 comes calling and, and problem is now if if the d1's not calling by the spring of your junior year you're you're probably not going to a division one that's the that's the reality and that's when um, for small college coaches, it turns into a, a frustrating experience because you know that at the end of the day they're going to want to they're going to want to reach out to you, but at that time um, they're they're just not interested, and, and you lose out on a lot of really good players um, because you move on. Um, as a college coach, you you know when you're wasting your time and, and you move on. And so, um, you know, my perspective on this is more so to just try to open the eyes of of our listeners and our and recruits out there that you know that that are tracing that D1 dream, but are also minimizing 
how tough it is to actually find yourself at a competitive division two program or NAIA program or division three program. Um, for example, you know, my time at Minot state, I saw thousands and thousands of baseball players and we only offered a few of them. It's not like we offered every single kid we saw. Um, we only offered a few of them. We were very selective about how we did it. Same for my time at Kaiser. We were a nationally ranked program um, coming off a World Series appearance. Um, we didn't just offer every single kid because they were interested in our school. So um, the reality of it is it's hard. Um, it's, it's extremely competitive and opening, trying to open the eyes to the fact that that timeline is speeding up a little bit just because of this Division One speed up time. That's a fantastic answer, Coach Katz. I appreciate that. Coach Fletch, you got anything to add on to this? Yeah, the last thing I'll touch on with that, because uh, all that I, I'm going to, you know, we're, totally agree with. Here, here's here's the last thing is, is you got to go look at roster size, and I hit this a lot. We're, we're like one of the few junior colleges, um, and I'm only using us for an example because that's the only one I can really speak honestly on. So I, I'm not at any other program, but, you know, we, we have a smaller roster number for most junior college. We're only carrying 35, 37 players, um, which is relatively small. So our, our window for, for recruiting is small. we got to identify uh, the right fit. Um, and in our philosophy, it's it's about your character first. And then, obviously, you got to be able to play the game of baseball. But then you got to be kind of that blue collar for us. And, and that's a small window. There's We've missed a lot of players. And then, uh, you know, our window when we do that, is super small compared to some others because we're not recruiting at high volumes. Uh, if, if we're, if we're losing a shortstop, I'm going to go identify one to maybe two, three max shortstops, bring them on campus, lay out, Hey, here's our opportunity for you. Here's what we can do for you. And, and dial in with that. Now, sometimes we miss with this where we kind of get burned because we do such a small select few where, Maybe those three say no thanks. Now we're back to the drawing board to identify another, uh, you know, spot of shortstops, and they're they're off the board. So that also hurts us, but it also helps us in the long run because we get to be so selective in who gets to be in our program with smaller roster numbers. So when we recruit you, uh, it's not for you to come into the program to sit in the corner and hope this works out. Uh, we're going to be able to throw you in the fire, shake you loose and then throw you back out there because uh, that's just the nature of how we have to recruit in small batches and small numbers, which has its pros and its cons at times. Uh, but that, that that's the only thing I'd have to add on the, on the recruiting time frame. Um, those two did a great job of explaining what that process is really like with the backlog of, of COVID rosters and everybody goes to a higher level, uh, cuts are made, and the, the trickle-down effect, and then, things just get overloaded and bogged down so absolutely and and just to to make a final point based off of everything that that the three of you have have put out there for us uh you know i think when looking at small college recruiting strategies it's just important for for student athletes to understand uh that it is happening at a later period than it is at your division one level or or uh even in some instances maybe your super high academic division three programs or your your you know your top tier division two programs uh it is going to happen in a little fa- later of a phase 
But like Coach Katz mentioned, you know, it is important to understand that it is still a competitive uh, environment at, at the small school levels. You know, we are uh, they are not just opening up their doors to anyone who wants to come and play there. Uh, at, at all levels across the board right now, it is more competitive than it has ever been uh, to, to get placed onto a college roster. Um, with that being said, you know, kind of want to put a thing, things on hold for just a moment for any guests. You know, we're about halfway through our, through our space tonight, probably going to be on here for about an hour. Uh, so for any guests who might just be joining us or who might have joined late, if you are joining us, no worries. The space is being recorded, so you'll have the ability to go back and hear what you might have missed. Uh, I am your host, Zach Bishop, coming to you live from the Sports Force Baseball Twitter account. My personal Twitter account is at ZBish underscore 23. If you don't already, give me a follow there and, and follow these coaches that have, have volunteered their time for us here tonight. I'm joined here tonight by Coach Chris Fletcher, Jake Jordan, and Jesse Katz. And tonight we are breaking down the realities of small college recruitment. If this is something you've enjoyed so far or something you'd like to learn more about, I will be hosting a Zoom masterclass over this very same topic this Sunday night at 7 o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, this masterclass will take an even deeper dive into the world of small college recruitment. If you think that one of these levels we've discussed here tonight might be a good option for you, I highly encourage you to join me on Sunday night. Uh, the Zoom masterclass that I've been talking about here is free for you to attend. However, there is a limited number of spots and you will need to pre-register. As soon as this Twitter space gets done here tonight from the Sports Force Twitter account and my personal account that I mentioned, again, that's at ZBish underscore 23. Uh, I'm going to send out a couple links so that you can pre-register there. Again, if this is something that interests you, uh, I would love to have you on there Sunday night for a little bit of a, a more in-depth dialogue about the small college recruiting process. Uh, with that being said, uh, let's hop back into our discussion because I know you guys are excited to hear what our coaches have got to say. Uh, so kind of continuing on where we left off, guys, you know, we kind of had just started to dive into the recruiting process Uh so continuing on that path of recruiting for small college baseball programs, I'd like to talk about the type of student athletes that you all are out there looking for. Uh, you know, what type of players are you looking for when you're out recruiting and how many guys will you generally bring in? I know Coach Fletch, you kind of started to jump on that towards the back end. Uh, and then, you know, we can go a lot of ways with this. One thing that's coming up and, and I kind of want to include on this conversation is, you know, do you place any emphasis on high school transfer uh, or junior college players when making that roster? Uh, and and uh, whoever wants to to jump in first here can. I can jump in first here. Um, you know, not being a current college coach, I don't necessarily want to discuss you know what type of players I would be looking for. But I do think kind of a big theme that that should be mentioned here is just the the growing increase of recruiting classes and roster sizes. Um, at all levels, not just uh, Division One, Two, Three, NAIA. I think it's 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 kind of across the board. Roster sizes are going up. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, schools rely on student athletes to to help their doors stay open, and so I think they they realize that um, that you know baseball is is a numbers is a numbers game a little bit, and you can have rosters of 40, 50, 60, sometimes seventy and eighty players on a, on a on a field. So. Um, Big thing to consider um, when you are searching down schools and when you are going through the recruiting process is, is talk to the coaches. And these two coaches are going to talk about their, their class sizes and what they do and how they emphasize transfers and, and high school um, players. But really get a good feel for what these coaches and what other programs want to do from the 
roster size and recruiting class standpoint because because that is a that is a big topic to consider um, these days. I can hop in here. Um, I will speak kind of on what we look for a little bit in players. Um, one of the things that we use to kind of evaluate players is a performance versus trust graph. Um, when we talk about performance, we talk about how they perform in day-to-day drills, BP, ground balls, kind of their on-field performance. The trust aspect kind of incorporates how they are as teammates, how hard they work. Do they take care of their business outside of the field? Um, do they need constant reminders or just kind of holistically how they are um, pertaining to our team culture? Nine times out of 10, and what we really look for is we look for kids that fall more on the trust side of that graft. Um, high profile kids, kids that are, are going to kind of have a good, good name wearing our Westminster gear. Um, it's a subjective scale and it kind of definitely is not perfect, but in terms of what we talk about in quality of kid versus quality of ball player, it kind of come down to that performance versus trust uh, graft. Our class size varies a lot year to year. Um, like coach Flinch, had mentioned it's kind of need-based um if we lose a couple infielders to uh injuries that kind of shifts our focus and it varies very year to year i would say uh a rough estimate in number to plug in is about 10 um and speaking freshmen versus transfers the same thing with everything i think there's pros and cons to both um we are fully open to both as long as they are a good fit for westminster that is kind of the common connector there but a lot of a lot of the pr- uh, pros with bringing in a four year kid is the thought process is you have him for all four years. Um, he can have a couple years to develop and still have uh, two three years to get on the field. Um, a little bit more invested in the, your program is kind of potentially a little bit of a stereotype, but I know that gets thrown around uh, when comparing the two. And I think there's kind of pros and cons for both, but uh, we are definitely open to either. Yeah, um, just to tag along with all that, um, it, it, it gets personal whenever we, we go and recruit because we don't recruit in mass numbers. Um, we, we try to find that fit because of what I mentioned earlier about, man, you're going to be around us for, for nine months. We have to make sure uh, it, it's going to be a good fit. And human nature comes into play to where you, you might just not like us. That, that's fine. Um, that, that's, that's human nature. Not everybody likes everybody. Um, that's why it's so hard in the recruiting process and so important to, to dig into all those questions of what your team culture is like. Um, how, how do you run the practice? Because that, that ultimately helps us when we go out and recruit is find those things. I, I, when we go and recruit, obviously we can use our eyes as coaches and go, okay, that kid can absolutely play. Yes, we realize that player A over there is a good fit for us athletically. Now, is he a good fit in our program? Uh, how does he handle you know, early morning weights? and class all day, and then practice, then a study hall, and then there might be a fundraising event. Uh, there might be extra work. There's early work. Um, how, how does he handle all that? Um, if it's the player that can't handle that, it's the, I need a I need a finer tune, I need downtime. Sometimes those guys just don't play well in the program because uh, it is very blue-collar. It's sun up to sun down. Uh, it's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it is a lot of work, and you've got to identify that. Uh, early on and I, I ask all the coaches all the time I'm like hey how does that kid handle when you sit him because not not every kid plays every single pitch 
uh, every single inning. Uh, how, how's, how's he act whenever he gets set? Um, what, what's he like uh, after he goes 0 for 4 compared to when he goes 4 for 4? Or um, how's he after a long, hard day? The next morning, is it good to, to still work for you? Those things all, all click for us. And very similar to, to Coach Jordan there over the performance and trust, we run something very similar to that. Uh, and it, that it's almost a foolproof um, chart. If, if you chart it right, um, it really can help you out to identify those types of players for you that you know you can push a little more um, and get the most out of them. Because that, that's probably what somebody never talks about. The hardest part about coaching, is it's not about the X's and O's. It's not even the recruiting. It's managing the people that are in your program because you may have a th- roster of 38 you might have 38 different personalities and you got to manage those. Uh, there, you might have f- four kids on your team that you can absolutely uh, get in their butt uh, when they, when they screw up and they can respond well to that. And then you might have six kids that you got to take to the side, put your arm around their shoulder and say, Hey, this isn't, this isn't going well for you. We got to change a few things. And they might respond to that. Uh, so every, figuring out your personnel is extremely difficult. And I think that's the hardest part about coaching. So whenever it comes to finding those right fits, you got to, as a coach, you got to figure out what's my real philosophy, what's my core roots, what type of players will fit in that core root, and can we go get the most out of those players? And that that comes back to long conversations in the recruiting process. Um, I mean, you can ask my wife. We we date uh, seventeen to twenty one year olds more than we do our wives some days because uh, we're on the phone constantly talking to their coaches. Uh, I think the best recruiters in the world are teammates, um, players that are already in our program. Uh, they go back and talk to a, a teammate that we might be interested in. They're, they're going to tell you the truth about how everything operates, and I think that's where you get the most. And if you have a kid in your program and he goes, hey, I have a friend, he's very similar to me, and then he obviously can play baseball, but now you just found a, another guy in your program. So really digging in deep to your, your roots as a coach to find – what it is that your program identity is, and then you got to combine those two. And I think that's where you see uh, programs have the most success. They may not always be the most talented, uh, but, man, they might be the best team because they're getting the most out of their guys. So they did a great job in their recruiting of identifying the pieces that need to be in their program, and, and they run with that. That's awesome. And, and the last kind of point I want to hammer in with this, and, and this can either go back to, to Coach Fletch or, or Coach Katz can jump in on this one, uh, just because we did bring up, you know, the, the idea of bringing in junior college players based on bringing in a four-year player. And I definitely want to make sure that, that while we are talking about this small college recruiting realities, uh, that it is kind of just a reality across co- college baseball right now that uh, the junior college option is becoming a more popular option uh, to student athletes, and it's becoming a more desirable option for uh, college coaches across the board when it comes to, to looking for who they want to bring in their program. So either Coach Katz or Coach Fletch, whoever wants to jump in here, uh, and in case we have any, any listeners that might be interested in going that junior college route, I just kind of want to set you up here with what might be you know, a reason or two why a student athlete uh, would either a want to go to that junior college level to start, or why a current four-year coach might you know like to bring in a junior college athlete to help their program? Yeah, I mean, I can I can jump in on that one right away. I think the 
I think the the obvious answer for why a four year coach would like the junior college athlete is because they can make an immediate impact, and you know, for the most part, what you're getting out of them. They've got two, maybe three years of of college experience under their belt, and that goes a long way. Um, we say it on on these Twitter spaces all the time. Every college coach wants to win. Um, they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't want to win. And and for them, sometimes the easiest way to win quick and win right away is to bring in a lot of junior college and transfer kids because because they've got that experience. Um, they, they are a little bit more developed. They're a little bit more physical. Um, they understand what the college game looks like. But most importantly, they understand what the scheduling and the time management and the day-to-day life of what a, what a college baseball athlete looks like. And so um, I think those are, those are really the main reasons why um, – a four-year school would recruit a junior college. I think there's obviously other reasons here and there, but I think those are probably the main ones that I would see as, as important. Yeah, you're 100% accurate on that. Um, whenever I was at the four-year level, um, let's, say, let's say you lose your center fielder. Um, you're going to go and try to identify uh, a, a center fielder that's got some innings under his belt that's put up some numbers, and maybe you played at a really high-level junior college where it's like, Man, those guys are popping guys to the higher levels left and right, maybe some draft picks, and that guy, you know, held his own in that league. That That's a great guy for us. And we he, he's tried and tested, and, and he could almost come in and be a leader. And that, that that's a great feature. Now, not saying high school kids can't do that. There are, there are certainly those guys out there. But specifically speaking on bringing in a transfer, a junior college transfer, that's definitely it. Now, why a high school kid will maybe want to go the junior college route right off the bat um, and I can speak on this honestly, leaving the four-year private institution to a, to a two-year institution, and this is it's not a hidden thing at all. It's no secret, but, but financially, uh, it, it is much more manageable, especially in the state of Missouri. If you do the A-plus program, taking care of your tuition fees right off the bat, uh, you're going to spend probably less money coming to a Missouri junior college out of pocket than you are for some of the uh, travel teams, academy teams you play for. Um, and that, that's just pure honesty. I mean, you can, you can go to any junior college webpage and just pull up the finances of what tuition and fees cost, plug in the numbers, and you're going to get a total at the end. And I think you're going to be shocked of like, wow, we can really afford that. So it is, it's got a lot of appeal to it because of finances. Uh, the level of baseball is really good. You're seeing guys at the junior college level move on to higher levels left and right and, and, and drafted. And I think that's also really sexy to these guys to see that. And then at the end of the day, you, you're, you're not out a fortune. It's just becoming a level where, you know, it, it used to be a, a pride and ego thing of I only want this level to recruit me. Well, that's very prideful. That's, that's good to have that goal. But if those schools aren't knocking on your door, what's your next option? Uh, if you want to get to that level, uh, you have the option to go to a junior college, be thrown in the fire, um, save some money, and hopefully it pops for you. And then you might have that opportunity. So it, I, I consider the, the two-year level your land of opportunity, whether it's academics to get your grades right, whether it's uh, athletically to grow and mature. If it's to push yourself to try to get to your dream school, maybe they're not giving you the time of day today. Um, I think that's a great option for, for high school kids. I, I went to a junior college out of high school, and I, the, the reason why was class size. I, I come from a small town. Here in Moberly, uh, everybody knows everybody, which is awesome. Uh, but when you go to a bigger institution and you're sitting in a class of 75 and you get overwhelmed, you're like, I have no idea how to operate uh, that online portal thing. 
uh, to submit a project. Now I fell behind academically. There's, you know, a lot of guys on roster kind of maybe get lost in the shuffle. You just, you just get overwhelmed at the two year level. It's, it's a little more personable, um, seeing your professors day in and day out, uh, time management's a little easier. Um, it, it's just a great, great situation. Awesome. This next, uh, you know, topic is one that always draws a lot of interest and, and something that I think families are, you know, in an immediate need of, of help and a little guidance with. So I'd like to kind of turn that conversation towards a topic uh, of, of attending showcases and camps. Obviously, these are, are things that can be highly effective uh, to increase an athlete's exposure and recruitment opportunities. But, uh, you know, something that we talk about is how this can only be effective if you are going to the right camps and getting in front of the right college coaches. Uh, I've got a couple points I'd like to touch on here. Uh, and the first one, I'm going to let Coach Katz kind of take it away. Uh, it's not uncommon for today's athletes to be bombarded with camp emails and invitations. You know, we, Coach Katz and I have been in these conversations before where we've allowed uh, some of our listeners to, to kind of message in and tell us, you know, how many camp invites they're getting a day or per week. And some of the answers uh, you wouldn't even believe. Uh, so, you know, Coach Katz, what would your advice be to a family on navigating which camps they should be attending? Uh, and is there a way for them to know if these invites are personal or not? Yeah, I think this is a great, great question and a great topic. Um, you know, I think obviously you want to attend the camps that are personal. Um, I think, you know, when you're looking at recruiting and going to college based camps versus showcases, I think you want to make sure that you're going to a camp where you know that school is actually recruiting you. Um, and when you're looking at small schools and, and camps, I think you want to go to a small school camps that, that you're interested in. I think that kind of, I think that's kind of like a threefold answer right there. Um, you know, I think for myself, I ran a lot of camps as a, as a small college coach and I loved those camps because I recruited heavily out of them because I thought, you know, we would get a lot of good, talented players that were interested in our school coming to those camps. Um, how to figure out if they're personal. I think the easiest way to do that is if you get a personal invite from the coach in response to a text message, a phone call, an email. I think if it's unsolicited, hey, come to our camp, that's probably not as personal. You can follow it up for sure with a, hey, coach, like, have you seen me play? You know, what? uh what do you like about me or what can, uh, can you tell me about my game that I can improve on? I think that will really kind of give you insight as to if they, you know, if they're doing their due diligence, but I think the easiest way to figure it out is, is the coach, you know, speaking to you directly or sending you a personal text message or an email telling you to come to their camp? Absolutely. And then for, for Coach Fletch and Coach Jordan, I think probably the best way to navigate from, from Coach Katz's uh, you know, response is with you two being current head coaches at small, college, uh, at small colleges, you know, how do you guys value uh, you know, your own prospect camps, maybe other, other local colleges that host prospect camps? Do you see any major differences between maybe those small college camps that athletes attend compared to you know, maybe your uh, – local power five school that's going to draw 200, 300 kids at their local fall camp? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's much more manageable for us when we're doing a, a small private camp where we're not going to have, you know, numbers in the masses. Um, and, and I like that because we're going to get that personal feel. Typically when we run a camp, man, I'm going to show you campus, meet with our players that are currently on the team, our assistants, 
um, kind of give you the whole shebang of this is this is what Moberly is going to be like. Um, whenever I was at Woods, we ran prospect camp like that. Smaller numbers come, but you know, out of out of those small numbers, I think four guys signed. Not all four with William Woods because we invited other schools that we're friends with to to come evaluate that camp as well. And we pulled one kid out of there, and a few others go to other places. Um, I think you get much more enjoyment out of that. I think it's a little bit more beneficial. And uh, Coach Dane hit it on the the nail on the head there. Um, when you're going to these camps and you identify the school realistically that you want to go play at and you're attending their camp, you're going to get one-on-one time with their coaching staff. You're going to find out real quick if this is the right fit for me. Can I play here? And then also on the coaching end, can that guy play here? Uh, does he take coaching? Well, we're giving instruction. How's he responding to that? Um, I think those are super beneficial to, to the small schools. The misconception I always hear uh, when small schools run camps are, oh, they're just running a camp to make a buck. Well, that if that was true, then we would have, we would try to have camps with 250 kids in it to, to try to make a buck. Um, our thing is, is no, we're trying to identify some players that maybe we've missed on, that maybe are flying under the radar, um, that want to come see us uh, in, a, in a personal setting in a camp is, is the best way to do that. So there's a lot of value of attending the small school camps uh, for the players sake, I mean, you got to look yourself in the mirror and be realistic with maybe three or four schools that, that you actually think you can go play at and be an impact player, uh, grow and develop they, all those things we've talked about previously. And then if they're offering a camp, that's when you send the personal email of, Hey coach, uh, X, Y, Z, I see you're running this camp. I, I plan to attend. I just wanted to put the name to the face and hopefully we can meet one-on-one to maybe discuss maybe my future at your university. Uh, I think that there's way more benefits into that than, than maybe a mega showcase. And there, then there's there's pros to that as well with those showcases. That's where we get to really identify those players to maybe invite to our camp to see them in a little more intimate setting uh, where the focus is on, on the player a little more rather than the entirety of the showcase. So there, there's plenty of benefits uh, for the players to be attending uh, small, private, four-year, two-year uh, institution camps. I can't. Uh, I can't say I have much personal experience ever attending a D one camp when I was uh, being recruited. But what I can talk about from our camp is, like Coach Fletch had said, it comes with more than just making money. Um, we're going to take you on a campus tour. You're going to get to meet the majority of our kids. Um, you're going to get to interact with our coaching staff in a baseball setting. Um, other than that, we are not allowed to run any workouts. We can't do workout visits or anything like that. So for us, it's a really good chance to be able to see you play right in front of us. Um, not only that, see you how you play on the field, how you handle yourself kind of not only around uh, kids your age, but also a coaching, a college coaching staff, a college coaching roster. Um from our camp, I can say one of the things that we pair up with it a lot is also having those kids back on for an individual visit. Um, it's one of those things we are we are able to express interest in them and invite them into camp as opposed to just straight up inviting them to camp. And I think as a player and as parents, you kind of have that ability and responsibility where you can ask a coach um, how many kids are coming to this camp? What does it look like? And ask questions to kind of be able to get a gauge on, hey, are they really going to take a look at my kid here? Or are they just just trying to make a buck? Because like we said earlier, not all schools are created equal. Um, and some of those stereotypes happen for a reason. I think it's just one of those things. If you if you communicate and uh, 
you have your right to ask any questions to the coaching staff along this process as well. That's perfect stuff. Uh, you know, I know I'm coming up on this on this hour time mark that we talked about. I did kind of want to swing things back, guys, and and go full circle. So I started this conversation off by by you know having you guys jump in and, and address maybe some of the misconceptions that small colleges face, uh, small college players, small college coaches, uh, small college programs in general. So to to kind of maybe go towards a, a complete circle here, uh, you know if you had to give maybe one each or, or something that you've told student athletes or something that you believe in, what are maybe some potential advantages of attending a small college that student athletes and their families might not even realize? And I know we've touched upon uh, some of them tonight, but if you've got anything, anything else on there, that'd be great. I think, you know, from my end, um, you know, the thing that I'm, that I'm telling kids or that I would tell kids or that I did tell kids is that going to a small school, I'm invested in you. Um, it's not like a, Hey, you, you know, you weren't very good in your first year. We're moving on type thing. Like I've got you for four or five years and it's my job to, to make you, you know, better and, and really have an investment in you over that four or five year period. And I think that's, uh, I think that's one of the things that's lost these days at the division one level. It's a, uh, it's such a, a quick turnaround. Like if you don't do it in your first three semesters, you're, you're probably finding a new place versus these four year, you know, small schools. Like we're, we're working hard for you to be somebody for us down the road. And, and I think it's, it is much more of a process um, at that level, which, which hurts the instant gratification part of it. But at the end of the day, if you're invested in the school and the school's invested in you, it turns out to be a really good experience. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, the, the investment that, that schools and administration and coaches put into it is real worth the value. That's why it's so important. Um, but I think I think that transfer portal is overloaded these days, and I and I would contribute it to maybe somebody's not doing all their homework, whether it's on the recruiting and the coaches, maybe it's on the uh, information for for the players. Uh, they get there and they're like, "Oh, this is not what I wanted. Uh, I'm not satisfied with that." And we live in that world of, like you said, it is instant gratification, man. There, there it's to to get over on the the other side, man. It's it's a lot of work to get there, but it's it's super rewarding in the end. Um, I, I was talking about that the other day with a friend. I, you, you could put in all this work. You're not going to see anything until you're down the road. It's it's kind of like a, a, a presidency, man. Everybody wants to bag uh, a president, whether you like him, dislike, what, whatever the case may be. You don't really know if that guy did a good job or a bad job until he's out of office down the road. Um, and I think that you see that in college. It's like, man, I got, I got my butt kicked my freshman year, my sophomore year. I was slowly getting there. Junior year, I had a big role, and then bam, your senior year, man, you have a big impact on it. Um, that's a long road process. Um, and I, I, I really encourage athletes when they're, when they're involved in this recruiting process, man, ask the questions, go see a practice. Uh, if you have teammates that you've played with before on those teams, man, ask them all those difficult questions. Like, Hey man, how's a coach after a, a tough loss on the bus? Is it miserable for you? Is it, is it good? Uh, does he harp on it for the next three days? Um, what's the administration like there? Is it, uh, are, are they willing to work with you? Um, on getting getting your grades right, uh, is is it beneficial for you to go there to knock this out and do that? Uh, you just dive in deep, ask those questions. Everybody wants it now, now, now. They want that social media. That I get it, man. You want to get on social media and, and post your success with. I'm 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 proud to go to this school, which is great. Uh, I'm not knocking that, but then in six months you see a 
I'm happy to announce that I'll be transferring and going to this school. And I was like, man, that, I guess I'm a little old school in that sense that I'm like, man, what, what is that? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. And maybe I'm speaking off record here and maybe shouldn't, but it's, you, you don't see that in, in everyday life of a guy going, uh, thanks Stacy. It was a good marriage, but after, you know, 22 years and now I'm happy to be with Jessica uh, like that, that'd be comical in my eyes. Um, and I, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with those things in this world. I'm just giving an example of, man, just dive in deep, uh, get invested in it, work your butt off, and, and go find that right fit and, and get a degree and move on and, and, and start a great career in this world. I will uh, try to keep my answer a little less political than Coach Fletch here. But uh, the one word and kind of what I wanted to sum up here is, especially with the small schools, regardless of it, if it's a junior college, whether it's a Division three school, is a lot of places you go and you really become part of a community. Um, I can speak of this kind of personally. Granted, I was through my college years ago, but two years ago, I uh, packed up and moved halfway across the country to come coach in Missouri. Um, it was one of those things I had to fit in with the coaching staff. I had to fit in with the teammates. I had to kind of fit into this community. Um Westminster was incredibly welcoming, and I think that's one of the things that you really will get at Westminster or at Mac. Any of kind of the small schools is that welcoming community where I don't know if I went to Mizzou or if I had went to a bigger school, if I really would have felt the same way. Um, you really become kind of a part of a community that's more than just baseball, and that's I can definitely say that personally speaking coming from Westminster. That's awesome. Thank you, coaches. Uh, and for, for any players or parents who are out there, you know, I know we've covered a tons of hands-on recruiting questions tonight. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the big problems is, is maybe just not ha having a, a complete understanding of, of where exactly you are in this college recruiting process. One of the things at Sports Force that we've done is we have launched a very new and affordable program. Uh, basically, what we do is we offer kind of a complete evaluation. Uh, we call it a consultation. Uh, and basically what we're doing is we're looking over, we're evaluating your skill set based off of your metrics, uh, any video you provide us, your academic profile, uh, and it kind of like basically having just a, a, an honest, open conversation about where we think you're at in the recruiting process, what we think you should be doing, maybe putting together a list of target schools uh, and, and just giving you an honest assessment. Because, uh, you know, one thing that I, I truly believe, whether it's uh, at the small college level, or if you are lucky enough to be, be a student athlete who, who has the potential to, to play at the higher levels. Uh, every individual family and every student athlete needs that honest and open conversation and evaluation so that they have an understanding uh, of where they're at and what they need to do to reach their goals. Uh, so, so just putting that out there for you. Again, this is your host, Zach Bishop. I am using our uh, SportsForce Twitter, uh, Twitter account. My personal Twitter account is at ZBish underscore 23. If you have any questions about anything we've talked about tonight, uh, about my master class, about that consultation, uh, feel free to shoot me a DM, uh, as well as any of these coaches that have joined us here tonight. I'm sure they would be more than happy to, to answer any questions for you guys. Uh, as we do begin to wrap up this discussion tonight, I want to give a huge thank you to our coaches for giving us their time. Uh, if you know anything about the college baseball world, I think Coach Fletch started off our conversation about how his boys are about to move in. This is one of the most exciting and one of the busiest times of the year for these guys, making sure everything's ready. So for them to jump on and, and give us over an hour of time uh, is, is awesome for them and shows you that, you know, 
And, and I know these guys from a personal level, so I can speak for it, but it, it shows you they truly do value uh, investing in student athletes and investing in the education. And I think, you know, most coaches who have spent time at the small college level uh, have a passion for it and, and uh, want student athletes and families to know all the opportunities and, and advantages that are out there for it. Uh, again, I will be giving a master class this Sunday, uh, and that will be led over Zoom. It will be over the topic of small college recruitment. Uh, if you've enjoyed tonight's discussion or think a small college might be a good fit for you, again, I highly encourage you to join me to take a deeper look at your options. One of the things I mentioned uh, on Twitter before even starting this is less than 2.5% of all high school athletes will play at the Division One level. I think the, the actual percentage is like 2.1%. Uh, so for the other 98% of, of, of student athletes that are going to go on to play at college, they're probably looking at one of these options that Coach Katz, Coach Jordan, uh, Coach Fletcher, and myself have talked about tonight. Uh, so definitely something that, that is an awesome opportunity for you guys to take advantage of. It is free to join, but there is only a limited number of spots, and you will need to pre-register. Uh, with attendance through that, through that master class, you'll also access all kinds of tools and resources from the SportsForce account. Uh, we'll send you some other master classes about college camp selections, uh, about other recruitment strategies, some things that I think will be will be very beneficial. Uh, and again, I know I've kept our coaches on here longer than I said, but uh, before I before I let them get out of here and kind of wrap this up, coaches, uh, anything, any final words of advice, anything you guys want to say before I let you guys get out of here? Uh, thanks for having us on and anything you ever need in the future, uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, any listener on here, any coach, uh, I, I personally speaking, my, my phone is attached to the hip, unfortunately. So if you ever do need anything, I'm pretty accessible and, uh, do my best to always get back to respond and make that connection. I appreciate you guys having me on here tonight. Um, kind of the one thing that I would say. I know it had been said before, but like we said, go to as many coach, uh, colleges as you can, meet as many coaches as you can. Um, there is a fit for you out there that kind of will check all your boxes, and uh, you just got to do your due diligence to kind of end up there. But uh, thank you guys very much for the opportunity again. Yeah, Zach, I think, uh, I think you did a great job. Coaches, really appreciate you guys being on here tonight. Um, I really do hope this was an eye-opening conversation for a lot of recruits that didn't know much about the small college recruiting process. Um, lastly, as I said earlier in the conversation, if you are a college coach that is listening and you want to learn more about how SportsForce can, uh, can help your program, feel free to, to shoot me a DM and let's connect and, and talk about it. But, Zach, once again, really appreciate you, uh, you putting this on tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you again. More than appreciative to have you on. The last thing I want to touch just with our with our athletes that are joining here. Uh, again, you know, we've talked about finding the perfect fit and, and the coaches have, have touched on inviting you guys to, to you know, try to attend uh, camps and, and to question out for those things. But the piece of advice I think I've given every time I've, I've joined a Twitter space as a panelist tonight was my first time doing it as a host is is my favorite thing to, to tell athletes and their families. And that is especially true when it comes to the lower college levels and understanding the talent that is across the board. The best way to understand these levels and to know what, what, 
what you might be a fit in is to simply go out and watch college baseball. Way too many student athletes have never attended a junior college baseball game, have never attended a Division three baseball game, have never attended a Division two baseball game, or have never seen the, the discrepancies in talent between the levels in terms of, you know, your powerhouse Division two compared to your lower level Division two. The best way for you to start to get an understanding of that and to take initiative and, and start to understand the level that you might be uh, most, most uh, you know, most fit for is to get out there and go watch college baseball. Uh, again, my masterclass this Sunday is going to dive into all these topics into a, with a little bit more depth, uh, but we are more than thankful for having our college coaches join us tonight. Uh, this was your host, Zach Bishop, on the Sports Force Twitter account. My personal Twitter is at ZBish underscore 23. If you have any questions or any further interest in Sports Force, please feel free to reach out, uh, and I would be more than happy to talk with you guys. But once again, coaches, thank you, and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, with that, we will call it a night. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Force BB and Facebook under Sports Force Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.